my sisters, you know we are coffee stands here at OKSIS, and of course, a major proponent of propelling women forward. So what if we told you that your morning coffee could support girls going to school? With Goran Goza Coffee's Girls Run the World blend, you can do just that. Girls Run the World Blend, I'm so down. Each bag equals a day of education for a young woman in Mozambique. And as you ladies know, my husband has been getting super into coffee over here at my house during quarantine. So he made a nice, rich, incredible pour over with the Girls Run the Coffee World Blend. And we can say quality is A++. So obviously we got you sisters a deal so you can start your morning right with quality coffee while also making an impact in women's education. Use code OKSIS, that's O-K-A-Y-S-I-S, for 20% off your first order at gorongozacoffee.com. That's G-O-R-O-N-G-O-S-A coffee.com for premium coffee with real impact. And as always, that link is in the show notes. Happy coffee drinking, sisters, and let's just all agree that girls run the world. Welcome to OK Sis. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy. As we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, Ready, sisters? Welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Maddie. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL of OK Sis podcast. And... Just to set a scene for you, oh, before I set the scene, just want to say, yes, this is a bonus episode. It's a Thursday. We wanted to release one because we're like, you know what? Let's release content. TGIT. TGIT. God, that sounds terrible when I do that. But anyways, we were like, you know what? We got a lot of content in the bank. Like, let's just give the sisterhood some more love this week. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean because... We're doing it right now. Yeah, we're doing it right now. So anyways, I'll set the scene for you. Mads and I worked out of my office today in San Diego, and we are on the rooftop of my office overlooking Little Italy. We see the bay. We see the cruise ship. We see the downtown skyline. We see the street. We see a lot of beautiful things, and this is the epitome of luxury. Yeah, San Diego, man. This this view is what makes me maybe think about ever possibly maybe one percent living here this is the view that makes me think for sure a hundred percent i'm never leaving here and that is the difference between the sisterhood ladies and gentlemen i know still southern california gals but you know i i find us i just can't leave san diego i don't know what it is And it's so weird because I think that if you told me in high school that I would live here after high school, I'd be like, that's lame. You know what I mean? But San Diego has changed. I've grown up. You know, L.A. is like not so family friendly, in my opinion. So there's a lot of this is not a this is not an L.A. bashing episode. So please restrain. This was more of a San Diego promotional episode. Yes, I see. I see. I see. I got it. Um, Yes, I am in San Diego. I have. Uh, vacated LA is that the word well it is now so I have decided to stick out the rest of this virus and pandemic in San Diego I mean not really the I don't think whale's vagina yes very nice I don't think you'll be here for the entire quarantine because who knows how long quarantine is going to go on for but it's nice to have you here for a little bit you know at least to have you close to me where I can just see you whenever I want. I know. Um, yes, it's been a day. Have you been uh, watching anything? I mean, it's been only a few days since we last caught up. But uh, last night we watched the movie Lovebirds with Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani. Um, I have not watched TV or a movie, I think, in days. Cool, bro. Cool. Uh, cool story, bro. I, I just haven't. And well, I don't, actually, you I'm know still what? I'm getting through the office, to be honest. You know what? I, I actually, I take back my cool bra because I feel the same way. Um, instead of, since I don't have a TV show to watch right now that I'm not like binging continually, um, I have just been watching hours of TikTok before I go to bed instead of watching something before I go to bed. And we watched It's Complicated the other night, which is my favorite movie. I watch it about once a month. And I I hadn't seen it in, like, maybe two months. So, like, I was due. I was due for another It's Complicated viewing. Uh, John Krasinski and It's Complicated. Oh, he's, like, he is peak 
Jim Halpert in that movie. Peak Jim Halpert peak. in that movie. 2009 peak. Oh, God. So, I'm anywho. still watching The Office. And, okay, so I got to the point where Jim and Pam finally become a couple. And, honestly, I thought it was going to be more, like, like what boom. He, oh, but no. when he gets into the car. Yeah. No, it's not when he gets into the car. It's yeah, when it he is. Goes in, when he goes into her confessional, he says, what are you doing this tonight? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, nothing. He's like, okay, it's a date. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to yeah, demark but it. Like, but we didn't know if she was, like, you know. we He said that, but we didn't know if she was – if it was official at that point. We knew he threw it out there. What was the car moment? I don't remember Where that. the camera crew follows Pam and she picks him up and they get into the car and they give each other a kiss. That's when it's formally told and then they go into the confessional and they talk about how they're dating. That was like the official, oh, official no, moment. No, but it was like the turning point was him being like, fuck all this nonsense. We're going on a date. I don't know. It's a date. I don't know. I I, I was actually this is a good debate. When when is the demarcation of Jim and Pam? When they're in the car and they give each other a kiss in the car. And I'm gonna say it's when Jim went in and said, "What are you doing tonight? It's a date." Hmm. Let's. We need to do a poll on the story. Yeah, but anyways, I'm getting on the story. I'm getting through it. Um, I love it. It's the only thing I'm watching lately. But Adam is watching this really great new show which I want to start watching. It's a Nickelodeon cartoon that came out probably 15 years ago, and it's called Avatar, and it has some incredible lessons. They had a whole episode on the chakras, and um, he's been filming these little nuggets of inspiration, and I'm quite impressed with Nickelodeon. You guys are just, like, so weird. Like, (laughs) what the fuck did you just say to me? Is this, like, Avatar, like, actual Avatar? No, it's, it's like, um... It's like a Buddhist show. What is happening? Why don't you guys watch like normal TV? Why don't you watch Dave? Why don't you watch normal people? Why don't you watch all these fucking shows I've been recommending to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dear God. Anyways, also tonight, which will, I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday, but um, tonight is Vanderpump Rules reunion, which I am stoked about. I was at first a little hesitant because they had to do it remotely. So they all had, it's like, it's not on Zoom, but it's like professional cameras and stuff. Have we talked about the fact that Sheena's boyfriend was the owner of the F45 gym I used to go to before I hurt my back and never went back? (laughs) In quotes, hurt my back. You fucker. I still have trouble sleeping on it. (laughs) There's no way. Yeah, so he's the owner. Scout just hated working out so much. She just made up this lie. No, I really hurt my back. He's the owner of the gym I used to go to. I know him. Crazy. So, like, what is he like? Uh, He is super macho. Like, dude's big. Like, fucking built. He's got long hair, so he's got that Fabio thing going for him. And he's Australian. And... He's super friendly. Um, you know, I'd be working out and he'd be like coming over and talking to me about stuff. And um, he, yeah, he's just animated, big care. You know, like a gym. How do you expect a gym owner to be? You know, he's 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 energetic. I wonder how they met. Maybe they did say this. I Someone told me, but I forgot. But anyways, it's so fucking weird because he's obviously in San Diego. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was the weirdest world's colliding situation. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should get Sheena on the pod. I mean, I will hit up Brock and be like, remember that girl that used to come every day that no longer joins because she hurt her back? Why don't you DM? Is this the guy that was texting you and being, and like being aggressive? No. Oh, that was a different one? Who was texting me and being I don't aggressive? know. Someone was texting you because you, like, weren't coming. Oh, they always do that. Like, oh. someone from the gym will text you and be like, hey, maybe mate, haven't seen you in a while. Well, maybe that was Brock. It wasn't because they say their name. name. Oh, that Brock's name. the owner. He's not going to, you know, the, the trainers send me stuff. But I'm yeah, really good it. friends with all the girl trainers. I'll see if I can get to Sheena. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, we got to get Sheena on the pod. That is faux show. I'll see what I can do. Okay, great. Anyways, let's go through some housekeeping stuff. Uh, y'all know the drill. We have a secret Facebook group, OK Sisters. We have a newsletter. Go to OKSISpodcast.com to subscribe or click on the show notes or the link in our Instagram bio. If you like us, rate, review, subscribe. Woohoo! Or just like rate and review. You don't have to subscribe, but like it's better if you do. And oh my God, we have a full fucking collection. How did we forget this? 
Merch, 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 merch. We okay. So okay. Merch, merch, merch. Oh Jesus! What are you trying to do? Like okay, okay. Oh, we got to do a TikTok with our merch. That would. That's what's gonna make us go viral. Okay, well let's tell them about the merch. Oh sorry. So you guys know that we um, partnered up with Girl Gang the Label to do a sweatshirt, sweatsuit that said "Support Your Sisters." Well, well now we're back. We have a white sweat short that says "Support Your Sisters." Guys, we We have, have we have graduated to the sweat shorts. We have. A crop top that says support your sisters. So we have a mug. Okay, the crop top is perfect for TikToking and for showing off your stomach so that you can get more TikTok views because the TikTok algorithm is rigged. We have a bucket hat that says support your sisters. We have stickers. We have tote bags. We're I bringing mean, back the bucket hat because the bucket hat never died. Guys, we have the fucking works, and I'm going to have to straighten my hair because bucket hats really look good with straight hair, but oh, regardless. Oh, my God. If you wear a bucket hat with curly, curly hair, <laughs> you're going to look like Moses. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, okay, guys, totally link in the show notes. We're so fucking stoked. Totally link in the show notes, bro. Like, we're so stoked. Fuck you. I, why did you say it like that? I don't know, because I'm excited. <laughs> Amy and I got on the do, phone, and we were like, like, totally link in the show notes, bro. Oh God, like, you got to get the link in the show notes. I fucking hate you. Amy and I, from Girl Gang the Label, were on the phone the other day planning the entire collection. You were MIA. You weren't answering my phone calls, and so I'm really stoked about I it. I was dealing with, so actually, I would like to recount this experience. Oh, but anyways, go buy the merch. Love you. Okay, Okay, yes, go buy the merch. The merch. Uh, We're going to, if you, okay, if you post a TikTok in it, we will repost you to our stories. How about that? Oh, my God. How about that? Thank God. Blessing people with our repost. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) What has happened to you? I feel like that's not that great. I mean, I guess Shut the fuck up. We need to make a TikTok challenge. We need to make it seem like we're really big on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we're starting a new TikTok challenge. Support your sister's merch. We're going to repost you. Okay. Let's make it go viral. Okay. (laughs) Um, So as everyone knows, I moved back to San Diego. Oh my god, this, this is the true is unhinged. Okay. Yeah. We move I moved back to San Diego permanently. No, not permanently. But uh and I'm living with my Faja. And if anyone doesn't know our dad, I I'm trying to I'm trying to get some TikTok content with him because that if anything makes us go viral, it'll be dad. You think we're entertaining? Yeah. We're nothing. Oh my god. My dad's a oh my god what a character so anyways he jumps off boats naked yeah he'll do anything it was just a yeah so anyways we uh, um so last night him and his girlfriend we were sitting down for dinner and him and his girlfriend both have gardens at their prospective homes respective sorry perspective their respective homes and they're like Big garden people, like BGP, big garden people. Okay, and they like have someone that comes and consults them on their garden. They're like garden hose, yes. and that is yes. the pun intended because of hose. Oh, good one. Okay, <laughs> keep going. Okay, so they started like getting heated about whose garden was better, and I, I like can't make this shit up. I wish I was videotaping. It was. It was it like got to a point where I needed to come in and mediate. Like they were just like, "Well, I have more greens." Oh, but like I have tomatoes. Oh, you have tomatoes. I have a mango tree. And then it's <laughs> it went back and forth. I have never seen something. I like didn't interject. So I was like, "Let me just like let them, you know, like <laughs> compete about their gardens and just maybe it'll come to like a civilized like." <laughs> decision i have no idea what this was trying to achieve and so i came in the middle i was like guys both of your fucking gardens are great everyone (laughs) calm the fuck down i couldn't i I mean it was just hilarious i'm like do you guys hear yourselves you're trying to one-up each other on your gardens you guys have both have beautiful gardens shut the fuck up okay i just had this um vision you know when jared freed got in trouble for <laughs> screaming on his balcony at his apartment complex and people called the landlord for noise complaints people definitely just called the landlord 100%. good thing i know the landlord 100%. and i'll probably get a text in about five seconds saying are you on the fucking roof screaming <laughs> yeah so that was garden gate garden 2020 gate. 2020 <laughs> i was and that is the epitome of what i'm dealing with by living at home and i am sure you all have thousands of stories of you guys living at home and you dealing with your parents this. I, 
Did I not? I just said. I wish I was filming well, this. Well, I'm saying I'm, I'm emphasizing that you should start I know, filming I know. This. I'm just going to start filming all the time so then I can just like clip out. Because like there's bound to be some good content. I can, yeah. I can piece together the greatest YouTube video of all time. The greatest Lee Mayo vlog you've ever seen. Yeah, we should get Lee Mayo on a vlog. Yeah. Anyways, we're rambling. It's a Thursday. It's a bonus episode. We're unhinged. Have no outline. We love you. Um, this, should we talk about this episode or are you, do you have anything more to say to me? No, I think that's it. Oh, okay, cool. I think that's it, bro. Wonderful. Um, and now you're going to just like micromanage me on TikTok. Um, so this episode, this episode, we talked to the glorious, to the female run entrepreneurs of the colonistas, Jill and Tiana, founders, women, run businesses yes because that is who we interview women <laughs> run businesses i know but they were, but they were stellar yeah. so these these two women dope af they caught as most as most partnerships that we've been seeing and people that we've interviewed who are in partnerships one is the more creative one is the more analytical and the pragmatic and the numbers person and they definitely are the yin to the each other's yang we talk a lot about their different skill sets and what they bring to the table um the colonistas is kind of like an on-demand private um home chef service so they have like uber for private chefs and it's more of an affordable way but a friendlier way and they have just come up with this incredible concept of course the branding is on par because we don't we don't interview anyone whose branding is not on par. Can we just like get yeah, that out of the open? It's like um requirement number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We look and we're like, branding, check. Female, check. <laughs> Inspiring, check. Check. <laughs> Cute aff, check. check. So these two gals are incredible. Uh, we talked about Nooch. So Jill, she's super cute. She emailed us because her, I mean, spoiler alert, her current fixation is nutritional yeast. And she sent us a New York, I think it was New York Times article like that. about how nutritional yeast is now becoming part of the cultural zeitgeist because now it's called Nooch. So it's like a cool term. It's like hip. We're in the, we're in the know. It's called Nooch. Okay. Yes. I'm feeling the vibes. <laughs> Anyways, they're lovely. They talk a lot about business, how they pivoted during quarantine, obviously, because their business was really an in-person service, but how they definitely will be standing the test of time. And ever since interviewing them, I have said to myself numerous times at my house, God fucking damn it, I wish I had an on-demand at-home chef right now. I so, wish I had my colonista in my house right yeah, now. Yeah, me too. So with that, enjoy the episode, sisters. Enjoy. says is a full-service, in-home, private chef company committed to hospitality. Founders Jill Donenfeld and Tiana Tennant are on a mission to bring us back to the table by making it easier for busy urban families to access delicious and nourishing home-cooked meals. Jill is a hospitality expert with a global perspective and has over a decade of experience as a private chef, caterer, cookbook author, and restaurant veteran. Tiana spent five years as an investor and advisor at J.P. Morgan and spent a summer cooking on the set of Giada at Home and contributed to Food Network magazine. Without further ado, Jill and Tiana. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. So nice to have you both. Thank you for doing this. This is so exciting. Everyone say your name and where you guys are. Hi, I'm Tiana Tennant, and I'm currently in Washington, D.C. for quarantine, um, originally based in New York. And I'm Jill Donenfeld. I'm quarantining in Boulder, Colorado at my parents' house, um, even though they are not here. So I'm solo in quarantine, isolation on isolation. Yeah, but Boulder is beautiful. My husband went to college there. Oh, I mean, I definitely can't complain. It's like blue skies, you know, and it's always kind of temperate weather. Even if it snows one day, then it's like melted the next day, gorgeous again. Yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, it's so pretty out there. I want to go back out there. It's so nice. Um, shall we do some current fixations before we get into to you to get into you two ladies and all the amazing things you're doing? Um, yes, let's do it. Okay, I'll start. Since we are on audio, I'll show you guys. I ordered this um, Oracle deck card and it took forever to get here because of quarantine and Amazon. So it finally came today and I'm so excited. It's called the Starseed Oracle 
and it's a 53 card deck and guidebook by Rebecca Campbell. See if you can see it right there, guys. And um, it's really great because it's not just a card that says like an affirmation. You go into the book and then you read like two pages about what that card really means for your life. So today I picked one and it basically talked about my creativity as a leader and how I should be stepping into my creativity and my flow today. Um, I picked one for one of my team members and it was like, don't carry the weight of the world and understand your boundaries when it comes to emotions. So I highly recommend if you're looking for an Oracle deck card. Scout is the more spiritual one, if you can tell. Um <laughs> She likes all this stuff, but that sounds lovely, Scout. Wow. Very nourishing for the soul. Oh yeah. You really sound, you really sound sincere right there. I'm going to pull a card for you and you're going to see. I feel like right now is the time to be like getting into stuff like that. Like we have more time. I knew you were going to chime in there. I knew you were going to chime in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like we have more, like there's no commute, you know? And so like, there's kind of like more time, like, to get things like that in, you know, and it can be inspiring. I think it can be inspiring. Like, especially it's like, if you're picking a card, like all of the, every card in there can relate to you in some way, you know? And it's just like, makes your brain think a little bit differently day to day. Well, there's definitely, it feels as if, especially during this time, there's a lot of self-reflection and introspection happening. So it is true. If you're going to get into something a little more spiritual and maybe it's cards or it's astrology or what have you, this is probably the best time to dabble in it. You're so right, Jill. Yeah. And like, I like the card because it's like active, you know, whereas if it's like, okay, like it's quarantine, I'm going to meditate every day. But then, like, it's sometimes hard for people to, like, get themselves to do that every day because it's, like, you have, to, you have to force yourself to do nothing. It's kind of hard. It's sort of antithetical. But, like, a card, it's, like, okay, I'm going to read this card. And then by the very nature of reading the card, it's going to make me reposition myself or reorient my thinking. Like, it's kind of more a- an active meditation. Jill and I just became soul sisters. That's, you know. Yeah, we're just, I, knew, I knew it. I called it. <laughs> That's what just happened. I love it. I will send you the Amazon link. Great. Thank you. Okay, Mads, go. My current fixation, a little less um, philosophical and deep. Um, Everyone knows I've been dabbling in the at-home workouts with the help of Obey Fitness. I'm a big workout gal, and I was a little scared going into quarantine because I've never done at-home workouts, but I have found it to be incredibly liberating and the flexibility with the schedule and, you know, the intensity levels. It's been, it's been really a groundbreaking addition to my life. But I did notice that on TikTok there is, I mean, she's been popular for a while, but her name is Chloe Ting and she is this like ab princess. She is just like on every platform, killing it with the ab exercises. She has this very famous challenge and the results are actually quite staggering and pretty promising. So, um, I've been tagging on her 10 minute videos at the end of every single one of my at-home workouts. It's a nice little, you know, extra abs to go in and she's just a badass. So it's nice to support her and, um, she's just killing it right now. So I think, and I feel like part of this community, I, I'm, I'm with everyone with these abs and just, I highly, I highly recommend. I'm so with you. I've been really leaning into that home workout. How do you feel about just online streaming versus like real live classes? So before quarantine, I was a huge class girl, like literally every day would be at an, at a workout class. Cause I liked having someone yell at me and having the people to be around me to be, you know, to be more Exactly. And so I was, and also just the people around you, they hold you accountable. You kind of want to show off to them and show your strength. So I was a little skeptical when I started doing the at-home workouts in, in the quarantine, but honestly, I think I work harder at home because I'm putting on like more weight because I'm just like, oh, I'm at home. So it's like not as intense, but then I'm like, holy shit, my butt is going to fall off. No, Mads, she asked if you like the live workouts on quarantine versus the pre-recorded ones. Yeah, yeah. Pre-recorded versus live because that's where I'm 
I've only done pre-recorded, but I'm kind of itching to go live. Got it. Sorry. My apologies. I have not done the live ones. Um, do you, do you, wait, what, what platform do you use? Well, I'm large. I'm, I'm pregnant. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting to the very end. So I'm using FPC, which I love, mm. fit, like fit pregnancy. Oh my God. God bless your face. Your face is so skinny during pregnancy. Oh my God. I do not feel that way. Thank Wait, you. Wait, we know uh, because we like, we have a meeting like every day and like Tiana every hour. does, yeah, we see each other constantly. She does not look any different for like she could just zoom and no one would ever know but then like on occasion she'll like she'll stand up and she'll like walk to like go get a snack or something and then you see it and you're like wait, wait let's see it let's see it stand up stand up i want to see the baby oh you are pregnant <laughs> yep i am wow. is this your first one? First oh, one. Exciting. First one exciting exciting yeah, I but I've done a live one and I really like it because you feel like you're kind of involved, if that makes sense. Like they're talking to you as you go on. They're like, oh, hey, Scout, thanks for joining. And you can like comment back. And so it feels a little bit kind of like you're in it with people, like that community building. But I've done the pre-recorded ones as well, just depending on your schedule. Well, that's what I was going to say is that like I, I haven't like signed into like a Zoom like workout where like I'm really in it so live. But I've like, got, I've like gone on to um, a couple of people's just like live feeds on their Instagram to do like a 10 minute ab thing, you know, or like a 10 minute like stretching kind of a thing. And that- And Jill's mom hosts some class throughout the week. Yeah. And I definitely tuned into those lives. Oh yeah, actually those I have done. Those, are, those have been the Zoom ones that I've done. My mom is like a, you know, 30 year- Pilates instructor. Um, so she's doing like Pilates twice a week and arms once a week. That's awesome. I love that. We love that. We love mom. You guys should come. I'll send you guys the link if you want to come. She's good. Mom is ripped and her arm series is really oh, hard. I'm in. We're in. We're in. Okay, Jill, what is your current fixation? Okay, so we touched on the spiritual side of quarantine. We touched on work outside of quarantine. I'm here to represent for the baking side of quarantine. Um, okay. So like I got deep down the rabbit hole of making my own bread. Um, but the thing I want to plug is this woman, her handle is internet cookie. And it's not like, it doesn't look like anything to write home about. Like she's this chick in Santa Fe but it's just like a, you get a half dozen or a dozen cookies sent to you and every month she does a different flavor. And so you can, it's just like monthly, you get yeah. six or 12 cookies in the mail. And last month it was like chocolate Anna and anise, like licorice flavor. And they were dope. Like so freaking. How'd you find her? I like saw someone else post about her, you know, it was like down the rabbit hole of Instagram. And Are we talking red licorice or black licorice? Black licorice. We're talking black, you're not into it. Well, don't worry, it's not April anymore. Okay. So forget it. Okay. 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 No, they're over, they're done. Do they give you the cookie dough to make it yourself or, or just the cookies? No, she just like ships you six cookies. It's like very lo-fi. I love and, it. Yeah, they're like, they're good. They're good. And, and the flavors are just like really like, they're, they're like interesting flavors. Like she did one with like pretzel flour, which like, I think she just blended up pretzels, but it made this like perfectly salty, delicious oh, thing. That sounds good. Oh, yeah. Did you get your May batch yet? No, I haven't gotten them yet. I, I don't know what they are. That is such a cute yeah. idea. That's kind of a nice gift to give somebody in quarantine. Totally. Yeah. Like a little cookie subscription for sure. You'll be looking forward to it all month. <laughs> and like the six kind of go fast. So like I'm getting the six, but like maybe need to up to the 12, maybe shouldn't up to the 12. Yeah. Um, up it. The other thing I wanted to mention was that the, another food thing. I in quarantine have become completely obsessed with nutritional yeast Ooh. and or nooch as they say, as like the deep hippies say. 
um maybe with like a few more like me and scout reading the cards we'll be calling it nooch um but like i'm completely obsessed with it i put it on everything it has this like weird cheesy kind of a flavor to it tiana and i are obsessed with popcorn and like popcorn was like it was my gateway drug to nutritional yeast but now like like i roast sweet potatoes i put the nutritional yeast on it like anything it's so good can you explain what nutritional yeast is for those like myself who have no idea what you're talking about okay i can sort of explain it so there are several kinds of yeast there's like the yeast that you use for baking and then there's like the byproducts of that and that is and those byproducts are brewer's yeast um which is super nutritional as well and like really good for your brain i just was reading about it and then there's nutritional yeast which is also a byproduct of making uh of like harvesting the yeast that you make for bread um and in that in the nutritional yeast it's very rich in protein and it's very rich in b vitamins I don't know why it has the cheesy flavor to it. I think it has something to do with like the fermentation process. Um, but like, I don't know, I don't know the, the three different yeasts. They all come from the same process and it's like just different, um, like different moments of the process. That you and I, and it's, a, it's a good, it's like a healthy replacement. Cause I've seen people put it on pasta for like a replacement of Parmesan. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. Like vegans use it as like a kind of cheese flavor. Like if you're making like a cashew cheese and they like add nutritional yeast, like bring the funky cheese flavor into it. Got it. Um, But like, it's, I like don't want to talk about it in the sense of like replacement because it's just so good as a thing itself. The next uh, trip to the grocery store, I will pick up some nutritional yeast and report back. Yes. Start on popcorn. Mm. I love popcorn. Okay, Tiana. Um, so fixation right now is like pretty broad in the sense that, and this is so off-brand for me, um, but I'm really into fiction right now, really like reading fiction novels. I don't think I've read fiction in years. I'm such like a nonfiction business book lover. Um, and I've just, I'm on like my third or fourth fictional book this quarantine so I did in five years which was amazing I really recommend that if you didn't read it yet okay I've heard I've heard really good things real good it's sad and deep I mean also it's like it's fiction but like deep sad stories I'm reading um right now I'm doing the American marriage it's on Oprah's list and it's about this guy who gets like wrongly accused of rape and then his wife like leaves her it's like these like really deep sad fictional stories that I just never explored and I'm loving it. Yeah. So I was a fiction only girl my whole life. Like that was the only thing I read. And then I got really into nonfiction, self-help business and spiritual books and, or self-development or whatever, you know, and I read two this week, um, like nonfiction books, but I was reading before bed and then I couldn't go to sleep because I was like, my brain, like nonfiction books make your brain go like, oh, I can do that with my business. And oh, okay, I can move that in my brain. And this is, oh, that's connecting with that. And so I couldn't sleep. And so now I created a rule where before I go to bed, I only read fiction during the week. And then the weekends I read nonfiction. That's smart. Yeah. Keeps the brain like calming down at night. Yeah. Fiction is the nice bridge between like waking state and dreaming state. Yeah. Yeah. Going to someone else's life for a minute. (laughs) Okay. It's so tr- oh, sorry. You want to keep going? Oh, you know, I was going to add in my two cents about being a bibliophile, but oh, yeah, you're okay. right. Go, go, go. Um, I agree with you, Tiana. Like I took right after college, there was like two years where I could, I read every Adam Grant grip by Angela Duckworth mindset. I was like that girl that was like lean in bitch, like all of that. And I loved it. And it was a lot of knowledge, but then Actually, last year I started, I was um, a host of a book club and we were only reading fiction, including An American Marriage, which is an incredible story. And I think they're going to be making it into a TV show, which is really uh, exciting. But um, I would recommend, have you read Normal People? Um, that was the other one I read, which they just made into Wait, the I, Hulu series. Right? I, I just watched the whole Hulu series. I just I started the, the book last night. I just read the book. I just started the book last night. 
Oh my God. All fixations converge to one. Exactly. So that was actually going to be my current fixation, but I was like, eh, I feel like I've talked too much about like TV shows that I've been watching. So, um, I just finished it too. And it's, I mean, heart wrenching, but like the, honestly, I think this is the only portrayal of a, of a book into either a series of a movie or a movie that I think is equal. Like both of them are spectacular in their own ways. And the, the, the TV show, the way they brought these characters to life. And it's like a, it's now fan, like a cult. Now people are obsessed with these two main characters. It's. Did you read and watch little fires everywhere or just one? I did both. I dislike, I disliked both. You disliked both. I know. I know. I didn't read it. Yeah. I didn't read it. Um, People really loved the book. I, and then the, the series definitely wasn't as good as the book. And that's saying a lot. Okay. I have to say, so I didn't read the book. I just watched the series, but as like, I'm a, I'm a 35 year old girl who grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so like seeing like 1997 Cleveland, Mm. And, like, the world that they inhabit was very similar to, like, me in freshman year of high school. It was, like, so accurate. Yeah, that, like, that aspect of the show, I really liked. Just, like, the, the her four kids' haircuts and, like, vibes, I, like, were just so perfect yeah. for the, like, archetype of each person mm-hmm. of my youth mm-hmm. that I liked that aspect of it. Yeah, the plan there's a lot of there's a lot of themes and metaphors in it that, you know, it it lends itself to a really good book club discussion book. I mean, there's a lot of debate and there's a lot of things happening, obviously, and like the pre even just the city and the, the it's like pre-plannedness and you know, a lot to uncover there. But um yeah, I would normal people, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss, what a great segue. <laughs> You and the chef's kiss, I've been waiting on this podcast for me to be like, why the fuck do you say chef's kiss after everything these days? Where did you get this? And it's because I knew that the colonistas were coming on. No, you've been saying this like all of quarantine. Okay. No, she did it for us, Maddie. She did it for us. Okay, yeah, well, I did it for with that narrative. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about the colonistas. I first want to talk about your partnership. So how did you both meet each other or even decide to go into business together the love story the love yes. story i love that it were arranged it was an arranged marriage um no yeah well kind of um jill and i were introduced by a mutual friend who uh i knew personally jill kind of knew more professionally yeah. um i was in finance working on wall street um definitely wanting to get out of that world and back into culinary and she knew that. And then she had met Jill. And right after she met Jill, she emailed me and she's like, you need to meet this woman. She's incredible in everything that you're not. Uh, and Jill and I are definitely like the yin and the yang uh, when it comes to a partnership. So we met and it was pretty instant that we both saw complementary skill sets and a future to work together. So explain to us what Colonistas is, what you guys do, how you came up with the concept and all of that good stuff. So the Colonistas provides in-home chef services for households in New York, LA, the Hamptons, and Aspen. Um, and we essentially act as a, um, a culinary and a technology platform to bridge that gap between chefs and clients. Wait, can you unpack that a little bit more? Like, like when you mean the bridge, how does that work? Like walk us through the process there. Cause I want people to like really understand and visualize kind of how this platform works. Yeah, definitely. So any kind of culinary services that get performed in home, whether that is like weekly meal prep, fridge stocking, that sort of thing to any kind of like special occasions, brunches, lunches, dinner parties, birthday parties, any of that. Um, so our clients come to our website and choose dishes from a weekly rotating menu. Um, and then we, we bring those selections to our chefs. We work with like over a hundred chefs um, across those markets and we will match a chef with a client to do the grocery shop, show up to their house, cook everything on site 
um, clean up, pack everything up and, and head out if you're getting the weekly. So, you know, a lot of people talk about like meal kit delivery services. We're essentially like delivering the chef to your house. I love that. So, you know, when people think of private chefs, they probably have this connotation of it being like a luxury and something that is unattainable. And from what I understand of Colonistas and the brand and the way that you've executed this, it feels more common and acceptable or sorry, accessible and affordable. How have you guys made that experience feel that way? Yeah, it's it's a shared resource private chef. So it's your private chef customized specifically for you, just not every day of the week. So maybe you need a chef one day a week and they're supplying you with meals for you know, half the week, you're going to eat out the other half with friends, family, um, or you're having a chef come twice a week and you're really being armed with lunches and dinners. So you never have to cook any day of the week. Um, but it's a shared resource. And the way we're able to do that is, um, providing the chefs enough work throughout the week. So maybe they're cooking for five to seven families, um, throughout the week. And those families only need the chef one or two days a week. So kind of finding that, that balance between chef supply and client demand. And how do you guys um, navigate the world of a family finds a chef through you guys and they love them and they're like, well, I'll just pay you directly. How do you stay the middleman in those relationships as they kind of grow and evolve over time and they become part of the family, et cetera? It's really adding value for both, um, which is a fine dance and something we think about a lot. From a chef's perspective, we try to provide them with the resources that they need to be efficient on the job. One of the aspects of the job that's most frustrating for the chef is the back and forth communication, logistical planning, and all of that extra work that goes into cooking for a household upfront that they're never ever paid for. So we handle that for them. We're their backend tool, we're their uh, client service center. And so all of that stuff is handled from our team. And then they just get to do what they love, which is finding all the precious ingredients, interacting with the client, cooking amazing food, uh, and getting paid. You know, additionally, Tiana touched on this, but the volume of work is something that is really, really valuable to chefs. So, you know, you could have, you could have your one or two clients who you pick up and who say, Hey, can I, you know, can I pay you under the table? Why don't we just do this directly? But it's very, it's very hard to manage that relationship once it's like, kind of off to the races and they start skipping weeks or they go on vacation, you know, um, to have that consistency of work is something that is actually quite rare in the private chef world, unless you're working full time for one family. And a lot of chefs don't necessarily want to do that. It can get kind of um, actually mundane to cook for one family um, exclusively because they really you know, they get in their ruts of what they eat and then they don't want to innovate. Whereas if, if a chef is working for a few families a week or it's a constant rotation, they really like get to kind of stay on top of their game um, and challenge themselves as well. And how do you vet the chefs? It's a, it's a fun process um, in which we, of course, like take a look at their resume and have a, um, actually like a video chat with them before anything. So we were early to the game with, with video interviews. Um, but we do a little video interview just to kind of get to know them, get to know their personalities, um, just hear from them a little bit. And then we bring them into our office, which serves as a test kitchen as well. Um, and we have them make a few dishes from our uh, dish library. And there we're really vetting like, not just how they are in the kitchen and like if they are, um, if they're masters of technique, but also like, how we feel with them in the space and really like what is their what is their like hospitality quotient you know that is a really big part of it that these chefs are going into your home and like you want to have fun with them you want to feel like they're part of the family uh you don't want things to feel awkward so it's definitely not like every not every chef who works back of house at a restaurant is destined to be uh, a personal chef in someone's home. That is so true. Like they have to be professional enough to kind of know, like when they cook the food, like what do they do when the meal is being eaten? And then 
how do you transition from one to the other, but also feel like a connection that is that is a very specific skill set that is external to actually cooking right exactly it's like yeah how do you cook in someone's environment like how do you how do you navigate that like if if a dog runs into the kitchen if a kid runs into the kitchen you know if there is um if you need to substitute some ingredients at the grocery store like these are things that don't really happen when you're working restaurant jobs and every client's super different. Some clients want to talk and engage and they love that chef that's super outgoing and gregarious. And other clients are like, this is my kitchen. I'm, I'm stepping away. Don't ask me a question. So being able to really get a sense of who you're working for and adapt your personality to fit their needs is really important. So we encourage everyone in our office during that cooking interview to step into the kitchen introduce yourself, put something in the sink, see if they get frustrated because you really just never know who you're cooking for. You can imagine like, whenever we talk about these interviews, people are like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. You have like a different chef come into the office every day and cook. (laughs) And it's like, yes, it's amazing when they're great. It's really frustrating when they're not. (laughs) I can imagine. Um, So you guys mentioned in the beginning that you had very complimentary skill sets. So talk to us a little bit about what your responsibilities are as partners, because you both are your co-CEOs, correct? Co-founders, yeah. Jill Jill leads all the creative, she's CEO um, and handles all the, the marketing, culinary, and I'm kind of CFO, COO, so handling operations, scalability, finances, all of that stuff. So really, like yin and yang, we kind of approach we approach everything together though, because of the differences. So even from like a marketing perspective, there's the creative component and then there's the execution and, you know, numbers behind it, what's converting, what's not. So we try to still do everything together, but we really know our lanes and, and where we have expertise. Yeah. And like ditto on the culinary side, like definitely like ideation of product comes from me but then like tiana is there saying well you know 50 percent of our clients last week ordered meatballs like maybe we need some more meatball dishes you know and so she can really back back up the creative initiatives and like channel them into okay what do our clients want you know what are our chefs enjoying making um and really make sure that we're we're developing something that our clients are going to love what do you guys do if you do run into a situation where you disagree? What kind of communication skills and tips can you give other people that might be in a partnership where they do disagree sometimes? Because that's like, I know usually when Mads and I disagree, Mads usually gets her way unless I put up a fit. So how do you guys handle that? I'm curious how Joe would answer Oh my God. Question. I'm like curious how Tiana's going to answer. I, well, I think like you, we just keep talking shit out until we come to a conclusion. And you know, look, I think at the end of the day, I, Tiana and I both have strong opinions. We usually agree. Um, but when we don't, I think my approach is like, well, I think I know, but like, maybe I don't know. So like, let's, let's try it your way. You know, I, I don't know. I think that's what I would say. It's like, well, I have a sense that I'm right, but ultimately, like, who the fuck knows if I'm right? If she really wants to do it her way. Great. Let her own the thing. You know, if she's right, then I'm happy. I just want stuff to work at the end anyway, you know? So think, yeah, I feel that? like since I'm, since I'm so data focused, I'm, I tend to lean into the let's try it once and see. I don't really know. but it's going to tell us like the data is going to tell us if we, if you really, Joe really wanted sardines on our menu. (laughs) So he created a sardine dish and nobody orders sardines. And so she can't, she can't develop another sardines dish. We have one and it's great and she got her way, but there's no more coming on the menu. So that's kind of how I approach it. I'm so glad that that one sardine dish is on the menu. It needs to be. I would order the sardine option in two seconds. I would be like, they have a fucking sardine option down. I put sardines on my pizza. Oh, Scout, my hero. Yeah. I know the balance, the balance between data and then gut and 
gut feelings is a really, really delicate thing that you need to listen to and be in tune with, um, especially as an entrepreneur. And when you're starting a business, it's just, obviously the data can inform a lot of decisions, but if you don't have those risks and those, that creative kind of magic that you put on something, then you always have to find that that harmony between them. It's so true. So I kind of want to talk, you know, this is a very unique time during quarantine and during the coronavirus. So I do want to hear a bit about how your business has evolved and shifted as a result of this virus and what either negative or positive uh, things have come of this. I'd love to hear more about that. Take it, Tiana. <laughs> the hard question. Mm-hmm. I think for us, I mean, it's very, it's as a startup and an agile startup, it's very easy to shift and make changes. Um, and if you look at our core assets, like what do we have today that we can build upon? It's amazing recipes, it's amazing chefs. It's a really robust backend technology tool and an amazing team, full-time team. So I think when we approached quarantine, it was how can we take what we have and leverage it into something that clients want right now? So we always, and to this day, continue to service clients in New York, LA, in the Hamptons, wherever they are. Of course, there's pushback. People might not want people in their home who you know, are out in the world or they don't feel safe about grocery shopping, mixed feelings there. Um, But we still have great recipes. So we looked at, we looked at our client base and we saw that they wanted to cook at home. And so how can we shift our services and help them cook more food at home? So we quickly, I think it was within what, a week and a half jail, we developed a new service. Um, It's a kitchen concierge service where we help clients menu plan. They have full access to our client service and recipe development team to come up with menus for the week, thinking, being really thoughtful about what's currently in their pantry, what dietary and allergies they have, um, and helping them come up with grocery lists and recipes so they can cook for their families every day. Um, so that was something that we already had. We already had the, the recipes and the tool to provide those resources to clients. Uh, and we offer it now as a, as a monthly subscription. So that was something that was great that came out of quarantine that we probably wouldn't have thought of developing. Um, and it was really cool because right now we're only primarily in New York and LA. So we're by coastal and don't really have a presence anywhere else in the country. But by launching this service, we've now become national. Um, and we can speak to a much wider audience and target a much lo- larger clientele. Very cool for us to be able to now position ourselves that way versus by coastal. What I love about this product so much is that like, it's still very much in line with helping people get back to the table, right? Like whether we're cooking the food for you or whether we're guiding you through the culinary process to cook for yourself and your family, mm-hmm. like it's still hitting the thing that Tiana and I so deeply value and like why this business is so incredibly important and meaningful to us. You know, um, Tiana mentioned that we repurposed our recipes. That's, that's true. Like those recipes are, we've developed our recipes and there's like almost 500 at this point that are meant for professional chefs to use. So they're really blueprints. They're guidelines for the chefs to be um, using as like a North Star to think about how they can customize it and make things specific to each one of their clients. So when our clients are getting these dishes um, or these recipes, they're seeing that there's actually no measurements and the instructions are very bare bones, in fact. So it's really encouraging people to cook almost without recipes or cook more with their intuition and to lean into, well, what do I like? Like, if I love garlic, I'm going to add a ton of garlic, regardless of the the recipe saying, you know, one garlic clove, I want to add three, you know, or if I I hate garlic, I'm not going to add any garlic to it. So it's really helping people kind of unlock that. Um, And it's, it's weird being you know, uh, the people coming from the culinary perspective to say, oh, you don't really need a recipe. But we all know that that really is when the magic happens in the kitchen is when you've internalized these things. And I think that our recipes do a great job of 
of being a little bit of a um of a of like a, a leapfrog moment for people to see okay it is a recipe so i feel comfortable because I'm, I'm following some sort of instruction but i don't have to follow anything to a t because really it's it's not there for me i have to lean into my intuitions I know it's so interesting, especially just the way that companies like yourself have been malleable to this situation. It seems like you guys adapted so quickly. And I think that reaction says a lot about your team and the way you guys operate. So kudos to you. I mean, this is like also just the aesthetic of this brand on point. So adorable. The photography we have an amazing team. Like we are so we're like hashtag blessed. Like, they, they're 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 so incredible. And you know what? When something when disaster strikes, mm-hmm. like you really see who um, who you want on the boat with you, mm-hmm. and who like is hustling to make sure you stay afloat. Mm-hmm. And we've been so incredibly impressed with our team, who just you know, they, they see it from the big picture and that they, they all sort of think like founders and, and have ownership over what they're building. So it's been really amazing to see that. That's so amazing. Cause I talk a lot about with my company that I like to instill a self-employed mentality into the people that work with me, because that's really going to give them the confidence to push their work as far as they really want to with their own lives and have a feeling of dedication and loyalty to the company as if a part of it is like, is theirs as a founder almost without like the headache of what a founder goes through. Yes. Um, so I love that you said that. Cause I think that's amazing. And obviously your team has shown up, but also at the same token, such a tragedy and crazy chaotic situation has created an opportunity for you guys to corner a section of the market that maybe you hadn't even thought of or wouldn't have pushed to go there. So in a way I can see once quarantine lifts, like you having this even bigger capacity and bigger reach and offer more services that are more kind of 360 lifestyle versus just that direct to consumer kind of service situation. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And it's aside from geographically, it's been so nice to tackle um, a wider audience, whether, you know, it's a younger generation who, as your point, as we started, private chefs kind of feel unattainable um, until you reach a certain level. So younger generations who want to learn how to cook and are excited, but can't necessarily hire our chefs. They love our branding or they love our recipes. We're now able to provide that. Um, So that that's been really, really exciting to I love see. that. Um, okay, I have a very hard-hitting last question. What has been your favorite quarantine meal? I have mine. Question. You have yours? Yeah, well, we do it every Sunday. Oh, Homemade pizza have always been my favorite thing, like mm. always, but we're doing it every Sunday. Part of the reason is because it takes like the meal planning pressure off of me. I get like one day where I know what everyone wants to eat. I'm the definitely the resident chef uh at this house um so yeah we've been doing homemade pizzas every sunday and it's so fun and so delicious okay that's a good one t i feel like i need to plug a colonistas dish that like lasted me for three days and that was like that was thrill that was thrilling um tiana and i did like a little lentil battle on our founder friday and i did our squash lentil bowl which is like half green lentils, half brown rice, um, and then like charred yellow squash. Oh my God. And I like, my yellow squash was like getting kind of janky. So I like pickled half of it and then like charred the other half. Um, and then like, I think I had some like, oh yeah. And it has pine nuts in it, which are my fave and parsley. And it was so great to make this dish that like we you know, we, we sell ostensibly all the time to our clients and we talk about like, you know, letting it sit in the fridge and like having it be better the second day and, you know, the various uses for grains. And like, I made a bunch of it and it lasted me like three or four days in the fridge. And it was just so satisfying every time and like reheats well, um, like for sure, like leaning into those, like, hearty grains, I feel like has been my saving grace while I've been in quarantine. Okay, really quick before we wrap up, I have another question. 
if you, if someone asked you to brag about your company, what's one thing that you would brag about? Well, Jill just did it. The team, number one. I mean, I would say the thing I'm most proud of during quarantine is how we have maintained our entire full-time team. Uh, It's been our number one priority since we left our office uh, and they deserve it because they are just so incredibly amazing. I love that. I love it. Now that I am starving, uh, (laughs) let everyone know where they can find you, where they can get on the Colonistas train. Yes, they should, they can follow us on Instagram at the Colonistas or they can go to our website, thecolonistas.com. Something we didn't mention is that we have like a little e-com shop right now. So if you're like just getting into cooking, that is where you should go for amazing Greek olive oil, really incredible spices, and like super cute aprons as well. So very highly curated, small selection of prod, um, but like all of it, it really like ups your, ups your culinary level. And you should check out our blog. Check out our blog, it's called The Spread. And we post a lot of recipes and menu planning ideas and just culinary inspiration on The Spread. Uh, so definitely take a look at that. Awesome. Well, thank you ladies for coming on. This was amazing. And you can find us at OKSIS Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, podcast stuff. And uh, yeah, anywhere you want. Is there anything else, Mads? That's no? it. Thank you guys so much. We love you. And let's next time you're in LA when this all lifts, let's all go out to eat something. Or, you know, we can get a colonista in the kitchen for us. Ooh, let's do it. That'd That'd be so fun. fun. Yes. (laughs) I love it. All right. Bye, ladies. Bye. Bye.